Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Revelation Wellness Podcast. We're so excited that you joined us today. We have a Revving the Word episode for you today, and we know that you wait for a new one every week. So we're excited to put this into your hands. But first, we have something that we think will interest you. Have you thought about Revelation Wellness Instructor Training, but you've kind of had this lingering question of, What's in it for me? What will I get out of it? Well, to answer those questions, this Thursday, July 22nd, we will be bringing you a free webinar led by Elisa Keaton on the return on investment of Revelation Wellness Instructor Training. Now, if you've felt any sort of tug whatsoever, but you have lingering questions, you don't want to miss this. Elisa will talk about all the ways that Revelation Wellness Instructor Training will equip you, such as how can you bring in an income using your training, how you will bring value and worth to your community as a certified instructor, how you'll get discipleship training that will transform you personally so you can go into your community and set others free and how you'll be rewarded in ways you couldn't even imagine when you seek him, when you ask questions, and when you give him your obedience. You'll also get questions to some of the common concerns you might have about instructor training, such as, what if I don't have the support of my spouse? What if I don't have the finances? What will I actually do with this training? And is it really worth the time and the investment? Whatever your fears and concerns are, we want to make a safe space to answer those questions. And then trust that you know how to hear from the Lord and let him meet you in those questions. If the idea of becoming a Revelation Wellness Instructor makes your heart beat a little bit faster and you're in this to serve and love God first, he will absolutely bring you a return on your investment more than you could ever ask or imagine you can sign up for this free webinar today the link is in the show notes and if you can't make it live you will receive the replay in your email we don't want you to miss this now on to the main event let's go do a revving the word together peace Getting the playlist going in three, two, one, play. Big breath in, out. Maybe shake your arms a little bit. Maybe maybe even just bob up and down. Get present in your body. God is with you. How amazing is that right now? God is with you. (laughs) Take all your cares and all the concerns you have, anxieties, frustrations, and take a breath, inhale, exhale, (sighs) let them go. The one thing you know is that God is with you. He was not content to stay far away. So he put on skin, 
fully God, fully man, came and lived a life we could not live at that point. Dies for us, dies a death that we should have died, that we were dying. We were eternally stuck in our transgressions, eternally without hope. And he dies for us. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorned its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. <laughs> he dies and resurrects because love doesn't quit. It's eternal. He comes back after three days, walks among us, first appears to the disciples, first to Peter, then the disciples, and then 500 witnesses. Can we give thanks right now to our forefathers and our foremothers, to the Mary at the tomb who went back and told the disciples, he, he's risen. And because they went and told, we are here now. We are not without hope. We are not eternally stuck in our wrong thinking. We're now upright. We walk upright, made righteous by the blood of Christ. And friends, we wrap up 1 Corinthians chapter 16 today. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your books of the Bible. Thank you that you are the God of the Bible, that your word is true for us today as it was for them then. And although customs have changed and time has evolved and blessings have come, we will not be burdened by the confusion or the frustrations of this world. We are the blessed, and we thank you for your word. Now, God, as we jump into it, open your scriptures. And God, this is just, we've just had one, one book of the Bible. I pray that the completion of this book today would make us hungry to study the Bible ourselves, to become a Berean, to really look to find you in your word and then to come to you with that word to embody the word that we aren't just hearers of it studiers of it without it changing us come and transform us according to your word and all the people said amen
All right, I'm just gonna read chapter 16. It's like 21 verses. So just come with me. As I read, remember to think in pictures. Put yourself in the movie line. Put yourself in the plot. All right. Verse one, Paul's words. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the church of Galatia, so you also are to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper so that there will be no collecting when I come. And when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredited by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable that I should go also, they will accompany me. I will visit you after passing through Macedonia, for I intend to pass through Macedonia, and perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you, if the Lord permits. But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. When Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you. For he is doing the work of the Lord as I am. So let no one despise him. Help him on his way in peace, that he may return to me, for I am expecting him with the brothers. Now, concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to visit you with the other brothers, but it was not at all his will to come now. He will come when he has opportunity. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Now I urge you brothers, you know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia and that they have devoted themselves to the service of the saints. Be subject to such as these and to every fellow worker and laborer. I rejoice at the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus, because they have made up for your absence, for they refreshed my spirit as well as yours. Give recognition to such people. Verse 19, the churches of Asia send you greetings. Achilla and Prissa, together with the church in their house, send you hearty greetings in the Lord. All the brothers send you greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. If anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. Our Lord comes. The grace of the Lord Jesus 
be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. Okay, written like a true letter. Remember, Paul, here's the deal, I've told you before. Paul isn't writing a book like we know a book. He's not writing, or there's no narrative storyline, intro, body, outro. He's kind of all over. He's just writing. Let us all be encouraged. Just write. God's put a message on your heart, just write. Get it out there. So Paul comes off of 1 Corinthians 15, which is a big chapter, about resurrection. Is there a resurrection? If there is, are we resurrected? Right? That's huge. That's not a table manner conversation. That's not a that's not a courtesy conversation custom conversation. This is like, that's a big one. Putting to bed any false ideas or narratives about resurrection of Christ. But now, by this part of the book, or his letter, he's just wrapping it up. It's kind of like closing thoughts on a postcard or a letter. But there's still such good good word for us to pull from here and to be encouraged for today and to think like Paul as he thinks about Christ, right? This man who persecuted the church was greatly feared by the people of God. (laughs) His words matter, right? I love it. It tells us in Revelations, I think chapter 21, that we overcome Satan in this this world by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So Paul's testimony matters. When he says things, people listen because he's the most unlikely, as he tells us in this book. Go ahead and accelerate a little bit if you want. Today there's not going to be much intervals I just want you to move your body and hear these words coming in so a few things high points we can take away from this chapter the first thing the church must take care of its own Paul talks about collecting some money take a collection do it now be doing it every week and put things aside, store it up so that when I come, Paul's like, listen, I don't want to come and make people feel like they have to give because I'm there. You take care of this. Be doing it now. And Paul tells of future travel plans that he hopes to be with them. 
you can tell, he's a man looking for family. Anyone? I'm definitely a girl who is looking for family. I don't just want to talk about these things. I want to be with you. He tells him to take care of Timothy. Put him at ease, verse 10. Don't count anyone less than you just because they're younger than you. <laughs> right? He's trying to rectify this whole body of Christ thing where we're separating people, saying, you're less, you're more, you're better. Nope. And how we take care of the least of these, the ones that we might think, remember back in 1 Corinthians 12 about the body of Christ? We honor the weaker parts. Greater honor. And then this here's what's really cool. He gets around to talk about Apollos. Remember? The whole thing that was stirring up division in the church. Some were saying Apollos is the man. Some were saying Peter's the man. Some saying Paul. They were picking teams. And it turns out, Paul and Apollos were not enemies. They were doing the same work. Apollos just happened to be a good speaker. He was a, well, a good orator. And people were drawn to his, his gifting. And they were thinking there must be more, something special to him. You guys, do you know we're going to get to heaven? And the people that are going to be the most celebrated are the ones you never knew about. Come on. Paul reminds us, remember, that when we pick teams, when we say, I'm for that teacher, nope, I'm not for that, nope, nope. When we fold our arms and raise an eyebrow and try to organize and measure the body of Christ according to value that we have deemed or designated, Paul reminds us that we're not, aren't you being merely human when you do that? Don't do that, you guys. We don't do that anymore. Revelation Wellness. We're the body of Christ. I'm telling you, if we can get this one down, we got revival. Honor everyone. Honor. Even those that seem like the greatest of sinners, they just keep their rough for you. They, don't, they get under your skin. Honor them. Remember, you received grace. Give grace. It's going to feel like death to your flesh, to your merely humanness. When you want to choose teams, don't do it. Don't do it. And then Paul talks about these holy greetings and holy kisses. So again, this chapter is just a lot of little takeaways. All of them can speak to us. So let's back it up to giving. Oh yeah. Now concerning the collection for the saints. 
just like I directed the churches at Galatia, so you also are to do on the first day of every week. Put something aside and store it up so that there will be no collecting when I come. Here's the DOA now. Later on in the next book, 2 Corinthians 8, 7, turns out, let me just spoiler alert, the second, the book of 2 Corinthians, things are getting worse in Corinthians. They're not getting better. And actually people are becoming more hostile towards Paul. <laughs> and don't you remember? This book opens where Paul's already feeling defeated because he couldn't start a church in Athens. He's already like, man, this is hard. So let us all be encouraged. It's not supposed to be easy. It's simple. The gospel is simple, but it's not easy. So break up with easy. Giving regularly, that's not easy. Giving away, tithing, Actually, no, here's the truth. At first, it's not easy. It's like drinking more water. You know it's good for you. But at first, when you do it, it's not comfortable. I am not a stranger to <laughs> Bladder is expanded. You got to go to the bathroom every hour. It's taking away from your convenience, your time. You don't know. It's inconvenient inconvenient eating well <laughs> it's inconvenient why do we have convenient stores and fast food but here's what I know to be true you embrace the suck and you do it not because you feel like it but because you know what you sow you reap there's no way around it. So these are disciplines. Paul's saying, give regularly. And listen, your brain's already going to go into cynicism and being a critical thinker. Well, how do I know what they're going to do with my money? How do I know this? How do I know that? Don't, don't do that. We don't do that anymore. You give out of the joy of your heart. Just give. You made money. <laughs> Where did that money come from? The ability for you to work. Or maybe some of you, you just get an inheritance. You didn't do any work. Somebody left something for you. And just because you're breathing, the money gets to pass through your hands. Give regularly. Come on, you are. You are much too free to be weighed down by possessions. <laughs> yeah, guys, every time, every time I tithe, I know that I'm doing warfare. I know it. I pray you would know it. 
You are telling Satan, the world, and your flesh, you don't own me. I've been set free. So giving turns into a joy. At first, it won't feel that way. And listen, don't do it just because I said so. Do it because God has made it so. And by the way, some of you need a number, 10%. 10 cents of every, do every dollar. Isn't it weird to think that? God could have said half. I get half. You get half, I get half. That's fair. Gosh, no. He goes under it. 10%. He's so for us. He is so for you. He paid it all. All. And then as an act of discipline, just like praying, reading your Bible, taking a Sabbath, drinking water, <laughs> these things that you know are good for you but can be inconvenient, they benefit you. And what starts out feeling left-handed, uncomfortable, becomes a very thing. It is your weapon. Remember, we work from rest. And so we can give because we know we don't belong. It doesn't belong to us. So 2 Corinthians, again, I tell you, Paul, it matters get worse. But in verse chapter 8, verse 7, he continues to talk about this giving thing. And he says, but as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. Giving. All right, I wouldn't be a good trainer if I didn't say it now. Listen, first of all, do you have a church? Give. If you belong to a faith community, and I hope you do because I cannot be your church. I am not your pastor. I can be a leader and I can serve a pastoral role. But we all need people in our life speaking into our life, <laughs> sowing into us. And I know some of you have been hurt by church. I know. Take a minute to breathe. Take a minute to heal, but do not lower the commands of God to meet your comfort. Heal, get ready, take a breath, do some revving the word. Let me help you, but then listen up, son or daughter. Get back in there. Get back in. And if they knock you down again, get up again. And if they knock you down again, 
get up again. And might I say, if there's a common denominator here, <laughs> maybe check yourself. Am I showing up hard-hearted? All right? Wherever you go, there you are. And if the problem continues to go where you go, maybe you are the problem. I'm just saying. Because when I have a problem with someone else, it's because there's a problem in me. And God wants to heal it. So give to your church. Take care of your pastors. A workman is due their wages. And then I say, parachurches, which I am. Revelation Wellness is, we come along to help. If you are so blessed, give. It's violent, give. Good job. It's true. So give here, become a monthly partner with us. If you are reaping here from what we are sowing, take some of your seed and sow back in. It'll be good for you. Trying to spread the gospel around the world. I'm trying to walk in the footsteps of Paul, Peter, James, John. Help me walk. Help us walk. All right. All right. We got, we're clear there. Your possessions don't own you. Okay. Let's carry on. Verse 8, Paul says, But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost. For a wide door for effective work has opened to me. And there are many adversaries. Now, I love this verse because most likely commentaries would say, Paul's saying, I want to come to you, but I can't come now because people want me dead. <laughs> and there's some work here in Ephesus that I want to do. There's a wide door of opportunity for me here. So I'm going to keep my head down and work. And although I would really love to come to you and see you, there are many adversaries. You know what's going on? Paul is not unaware of the enemy's schemes. He's focused on the call of God. He's tethered to the call. He only goes where God calls him to go. And he's very aware that if he does anything outside of that, <laughs> there are many adversaries. Our rebellion, our disobedience is costly. And Paul's like, I got to stay right here. There's a wide door for effective work. I'm going to go quiet. I want to ask you, look around. 
in your life, where do you see a wide door for effective work opened up? And, you, and then you got to know, in juxtaposition to that will be some adversaries. Because <laughs> if there's no adversaries, it's probably not a call. Because you have been called to charge the darkness, to be the light, to be the salt. So there must be some adversaries around. And the type of heat that they're putting on you is actually creating the transformation, the work of faith that you need. Stay where you're called, wherever there's a wide door for effective work. Look around. Don't just show up and be like, no, I don't see it. It's not obvious. Go for a walk. Walk and pray the neighborhood. Ask the Lord. What kind of work is open here to me, God? Pentecost. Pentecost would happen. It's so in the Old Testament, they celebrated three feasts. There was the Passover, right? We know what that stands for. When God said, put the blood of the lamb over your doorposts and this plague will come by and it's going to kill off things in Egypt so you can live and go free. Be free. So Passover was celebrated in the Old Testament. Guess what? Jesus is now our Passover lamb. He, by his blood, death, pestilence, sickness and disease has to pass over us. We are not eternally stuck in death, sickness, and disease. Evil has to pass over. So remember, Jesus died in the Gospels. He went into Jerusalem during Passover. He was going to die. Perfect timing, Passover. The Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world. And then 50 days later, the Old Testament, the Jews would celebrate the Feast of Weeks. It was 50 days after Passover. And it would commemorate the giving of the law when Moses received the Ten Commandments. Guess what? Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus died, was resurrected, came back. He ascends into heaven. And then Pentecost, the giving of the Holy Spirit comes. Come on, isn't that beautiful? <laughs> the Spirit now completes the law. You want to complete a law? You want to be able to do the commands of God? By my Spirit, God says. So Paul is like, I'm going to stay here till Pentecost because God's doing a work and it's a big, effective one. The wide door open. I'm going to stay right here 
the Holy Spirit keeping him, holding him. Come on. We are no longer under the reign and rule of the law. Christ completes the law. And now, the Spirit. Come on. Wide door for effective work. You guys, if you are going to walk through that wide door, you're going to do it. Because the Holy Spirit is saying, come this way. Let me show you something. There's something great over here. Come with me. In your weakness, I will be your strength. Keep your eyes on me. The adversaries are going to come up. Come on. What are you called to? Who are you called to? What is the wide door for effective work that is right here, gaping open for you? Fall into it. Verse 13, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. Listen, we hear that and we go, what about the women? In biblical times, and again, this is one of those custom things. This is where God writes himself into history, knowing we're not frozen in this time. Things have changed. We've been blessed. We got a printing press. We have Bibles. We have parchment paper. Like we, God was fully intended on things to advance. But he writes himself into a story here where there's a lot of tension. Women were nothing in this time. But again, it doesn't make that time any less. It's just where we were as people. But don't forget, Women, <laughs> women were the first for Jesus to reveal himself to. The woman at the well, he says, I am the Messiah. I am. He reveals himself fully to a woman. Coming out of the tomb, who meets him? Marries. And he reveals his resurrected self to women. Women are going to come up in this story. But at this time, Paul true to custom you guys don't be offended again don't pick up offense don't miss the blessing and the opportunity because of the offense <laughs> take glean from this women be of good courage and help be watchful stand firm in the faith act like men which when they would use the word men it would also be inclusive of women and children, meaning act like the sons or daughters you are. Act like the people of God you are. Men be men, women be women. Don't try to take each other's place. Honor one another. You're the body of Christ. 
<laughs> Act like a child of God. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Let's just meditate on that. All that you do be done in love, not in fear, not in shame, not in guilt. Let all that you do be done in love. Back to 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not seek its own way. It believes all things, bears all things, endures all things, hopes all things. Verse 22 to 24. If anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. Basically, don't even read this book. If you don't have any intention of loving God, don't read the book because you might just do more damage than good. Oh Lord, come. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. And I'm gonna read this from my heart to yours as Paul read from his to theirs. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. My love, I close this book saying, may my love, this foolish, abandon myself to God, heart, mind, soul, and strength. May this kind of love be with you all in Christ Jesus, because it's only come to me because Christ. Because he saw my unformed body and he saw the pain and the death valley that I would walk through so that I would come up from the wilderness leaning on my beloved so that my love may be with him and may be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you for this book. Thank you that we're only scraping the surface. God, in the finish of this, in the, in the final instruction here, God, I ask that you would open up to us not only a wide door for effective work, but for work to be done in us as we open wide the pages of your book to be read by you. That we would not be biblically illiterate that we would take what we have and eat and cut into it with our own fork and knife and be fed by it, Lord, not to be boastful or puffed up or full of ourselves, but so that we are filled to the fullness of God and going out into the world with the love we've been given, that there would be a need to come back to you to receive and with the overflow, go out and give. Bring your word alive in us and through us. Put muscle on our words. And may you be glorified through it all. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.